Let's say it. This is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice. It doesn't matter what you're facing. The victory is ours. We may have to walk through, go through the storms over them, under them. Maybe you can command the storm to go and it goes away. Or maybe you go through the storm. Either way, the storm is not our problem. That's all said. There's no storm. This is my problem. Because I have no problem. Can we give the Lord praise and thank Him for the victory that we have? We're going to make our confession. We're going to talk about the victory that we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I was listening to Brad share and how he got choked up there at the end. When you're about the Father's business, coming away from the day-to-day -day grind of life, just going to work and making a living and depositing a check and going to bed and getting up and eating breakfast and doing the same thing over 365 days a year, that is a total bore. But the good news is we are on assignment from God. You say that, I'm on an assignment from God. Every time I think about that, I think about the Blues Brothers. I am on assignment from God. It's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. And we are on an assignment from God. And when we make this confession, this is the will of God for our life. God has great and mighty exploits for you. You are not doing all that you have been made to do by God. God is revealing to you over time the next phase of your life. How many of you have some things being revealed to you? They are beyond your comprehension. Can I see your hands? It's not beyond God's comprehension. He's showing you bits and pieces and glimpses of where you're going to go. So let's make the confession. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Dick Dilling, your best days are not over yet. You still got it in your fingers, in your hands, in your joints, in your mind. You can still play for the glory of God and do some of that Elvis Presley spiritual music. Glory to God. I just believe that's a word from the Lord. Don't believe the lie that's saying that you can't play like you used to do. You can play like you used to play. And the word of God says that the word of God is true. If I live the word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Tell your neighbor on both sides. It is just that simple. Good to see all of you in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. You are in the right place. Great worship, my darling Pam, wherever you went. Want to help me today? Want to stay up there? Want to just play in the background softly? You don't want to do any of the above. Okay. You look beautiful. Well, I hope you all like to laugh because laughter is good for you. Lori made reference to it, and uh, I got a couple of funnies here for you today. <clears throat> Two wildlife. How many of you do like to laugh? How many, how many of you, it's just real easy for you to laugh? If you don't have a sense of humor, God has a sense of humor. How many of you believe that? God really, if you want to prove what type of a sense of humor God has, just look at those people sitting around you. 
Two wildlife documentary filmmakers were filming lions in Africa. I've actually seen some of this, not the lion part, but the documentary filmmakers. And uh, they both noticed a particularly aggressive lion that was beginning to stalk them. Putting down his camera, one of the filmmakers very quietly leaned over, took out of his backpack a pair of tennis shoes and began to put them on. The other filmmaker looked at him and said, are you crazy? You can't outrun that lion. He smiled at his buddy and said, I don't have to outrun that lion. I just have to outrun you. <laughs> now, Pam, this one, for some reason, this made me think about you. It's uh, <clears throat> one Christmas, a mother had finally had it with her children. Every, every year, she was telling them, send thank you notes for all the gifts, and they just you know, the only way they would do it is if she made them do it. And she said, I'm not going to do it anymore. And so the grandmother, every year, had sent checks to the grandchildren at Christmas. And this year, the grandmother received no thank you, nothing for the checks at all. So the following Christmas, when it came, the grandmother was talking to the daughter and said, all of the kids came to see me this year uh, based on the, the Christmas checks that I sent them. So, oh my goodness, that's a miracle. How did that happen? I didn't sign any of them. <laughs> it'll work, honey. It'll, it'll work. Well, they'll be knocking on our door. <laughs> the word of the Lord today, we're going to be talking about uh, that you can do all things. Now, you know the scripture, Philippians 4.13. I'm sure you're thinking about it all already. I had three scriptures this year that I meditated and am meditating all year. Philippians 4.13, Philippians 4.19. We're going to be talking about those. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us and that we can do whatever God is preparing us to do. We can go wherever God wants us to go. We can do whatever God wants us to do. And if we understand that, and we understand it's because of our covenant. Everybody say, I have a covenant. Now, if you're here and you've received Jesus Christ, you are in covenant. If you haven't, you're not. But just because you are in covenant does not mean that all of the blessings of God are coming upon you. It means they're available for you. If you aren't doing your part, then the covenant is not working. And, and I, I was thinking about how this works. It's, it's, it's like a, it's, it's like a covenant is like a partnership. It's like you, 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 you go to the, uh, I was thinking about this example. If you go to a bank and you borrow money to start a business, you may or may not realize it, but you're going into partnership with that bank that bank is going to be in total control of what you're doing with what you've got until you pay them back everything that you owe them. They're, they're going to be involved with you. They're going to make sure that you do what you say you're going to do, and they're going to monitor that situation. I'm sure Dan and others in the banking industry, it's, it's not that they're lording over you, but they want to make sure you're going to pay them back what you have borrowed from them. We have an awesome bank available to us. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you've got an awesome bank available to you. And God, Philippians 4.13 and 4.19, 
if, if you get these two scriptures deeply embedded within your spirit, then you will never worry or be anxious about anything in your life because you will know that you are in covenant relationship with your Father, and He said in His Word, based on His covenant, everybody say, based on His covenant, on his covenant. that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can do it. Turn to your name and tell them, you can do anything. You can do anything. And then it goes on in Philippians 4.19 that says that, that my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. How much of our needs? This amazed me. On, I, I'm, I'm finished, I finished a book. It's being edited right now, but I finished a book. And part of the book was uh, just a short blurb about the Sudan. Not short, but about the Sudan. And we're talking about the time when we raised the money for the $12,000, then the $50,000, then hopefully the 100000 that we missed, and I made a mistake, and we only raised 70000 And then one day, I told Stanley, now God gets all the glory for this, so turn to your neighbor, tell him God gets all the glory for this. One day I told Stanley, I said, what would you do, you all have heard the story, what would you do if you had $50,000? What would you do if you had $100,000? One day, I've never shared this with you, I said to Stanley, what would you do if you had a million dollars? And he just laughed again, and we never really pursued it. In going through the book and looking at what has happened in the beginning of the Sudan, working with the government of the Sudan, working with Purdue University, working with building the infrastructure, with the dump trucks, with the land cruiser, with all of the food, with Feed the Hungry, and everything that has been done through this church and other people associated with us funneling into the Sudan to change that nation and raise up godly leaders and perhaps one of the next presidents of the South Sudan. Yes, It's been over a million dollars. We need to thank God for that. When I saw that, I had no idea. I had no idea. There had been that much. And I thought, oh, God. But the place has been overrun. Now we've got to refurbish everything. And this is what I heard. I got a lot of money. Yeah. This is what I heard in my spirit. Everybody say, God's got a lot of money. I started to feel like a balloon. How many of you ever been like a balloon? I'm pumped up and I can do it. Then all of a sudden the air Oh, God, they tore all the children's desks. They tore them apart. Uh, all the wood that could be ripped apart, they ripped it apart and used it for firewood. The guerrillas and the rebels took everything they could. They took all the books. Hope they're reading the Bible. It's glory to God. But they took all the books. But the infrastructure, everybody said the infrastructure. The foundation of the infrastructure is intact, we believe. Pastor Stanley was given permission finally. Some of you don't know this, but when he left, the government of the South Sudan told him he couldn't take that orphanage out and go to Uganda. They didn't want to look bad. He left in the middle of the night anyway. He has permission to go back. He is now in yay, South Sudan, at the Dreamland, just him, at the Dreamland. Give the Lord a hand because it's just an awesome miracle. He is so excited that he's going to give us a report, and this report is going to be what they have need of. Here we go again. Everybody say, here we go again. 
Every time you go to the banker to borrow money, what do you expect to get? You expect to get money. You go to the banker to get money. You don't walk in there and say, I'm not expecting to get any money today. I just came to say hi. No, you're going in there if you're to borrow money, and, and you're planning to borrow money and hope that you'll approve or get it approved to borrow money. Folks, every time we need money, God has money available to us. And I could feel that balloon in me. Oh, man, here we go again. What are we going to need? 20000 30000 50000 And as I was going through all this scenario, this is what I heard. I got a lot of money, Bill. I got a lot of money. So let's all say it. We serve a rich banker. Turn to your neighbor and say, I got a rich banker up there. And he can take care of every need. And we're, uh, we're people in this covenant that we have really miss it a lot of times is they don't realize whatever God is calling you to do, he'll pay for it. You have to position yourself, but he'll pay for whatever he's called you to do. Now, you, you know the story about how I was blessed with, with a, a, a beautiful car. I've just, it, it just, and I hope it doesn't sound like I'm just always talking about myself, but it's my experience that's so real to me, but you have similar experiences. And, and when I started looking for these car, a car, and, and I, I, did, I, I don't it was God, I believe, prompting me, but, but I showed this car to Pam, or a car just exactly like it. She said, you're going to buy it? And I said, no, I'm not going to buy, buy a car. And she said, well, why, why, why are, you, are you driving? I said, I don't know. I just want to know what I want. <laughs> As a matter of fact, this is what I said. I, I want to know what I want. And so I finally found exactly what I wanted. Took the grandkids by, showed the grandkids the car, and they said, uh, they, they said, you're going to buy this car, Pop? I said, no, no. I said, if God wants me to have it, he'll figure it out, but I'm not buying this car. It, it's a, I, ho I hope, sorry to say this, it, it's a, almost a $50,000 car. I would never spend $50,000 for a car. I don't mind people giving me cars, but, <laughs> but I would never spend $50,000 for a car. There's more places I would use that money for the kingdom of God, but I don't mind it, uh, having God bless me. Matter of fact, I enjoy God blessing me. <laughs> and so anyway, but, but here's the point I'm trying to make. When, when the miracle took place and found out I was going to get that car right at Father's Day, it was just an added blessing. Uh, when, when, when the guy told me about the car, and, and I said, he said, what do you want on it? And I said, I, uh, I don't want anything on it other than I like leather seats. He said, okay. So he talked to the people that were involved in the process. They said, no, that won't work. And I thought, well, maybe they want to do something less. That's fine. I'm being blessed either way. And they said, they want it fully loaded. I said, oh, what does that mean? He said, I can't explain it. Take, it would take me too long. And I said, okay. So when I finally picked up the car, they had the manual and uh, brought my manual along with me. And uh, it tells me what fully loaded really means. Now, if I don't read this manual, fully loaded isn't really working for me. And when the guy went through it in about a 10-minute exercise sitting there in the driveway, I looked at him and I said, it was a bad confession, I realize now. But I know the confession was bad when I said, you expect me to remember all this? He was going through everything. He was showing me how the seats work. Didn't work like on her car. It worked differently on my car. It, uh, how, how the air conditioning seats work. How, how the heated steering wheel works. Uh, how the Cirrus radio is automatic if you punch this and say this. The other day, my, my, uh, 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 something buzzed on my car, and it said, you have a text message. Would you like it written or verbal? I thought, where did that come from? What do I push for that? <laughs> I'm used to on and off. 
and, 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 and how did it work now? I said, say that again. And, and, and then they repeated it again. Say it again. And then I said, I don't know how to do that. And say, sorry, I don't understand. Sorry, I don't understand. <laughs> now, what I found out was that if I read this manual, and if I look at all I got, it tells me how to do all this stuff. And I was looking through the other day and said, God, I'm never going to get through all of this. Another bad confession. Uh, trying to figure it all out. But if you read the manual, everybody say, read the manual. Read the manual. Then all of the blessings that God has for you are there for you to enjoy and to really have. Well, we have a manual. We have this manual right here that says, how many things can I do? How many things can be paid for by God? Because God will supply how much of your need. It does not say, I am going to have you take care of all of these people over here, and you are going to write the check, and you are going to figure out how to pay for it. No, it says, my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. I don't know the assets of some of these banks, but I've got a pretty good guess that my God's assets are better than any worldly bank. Would you say amen to that? Amen. And so therefore, we get excited about being excited in realizing that God has great things in store for us. And these scriptures, a couple of them that I wrote down here, if, if we will ask God, he will take care of it. I am astounded sometimes at the things that come out my mouth that I don't think I'm thinking are saying. In other words, it just comes out my mouth. You have the same thing happening to you. How many of you ever said something and you said, where did that come from? Came perhaps from God. Now, sometimes you say things out your mouth you know you should have said. And you say, where did that come from? Came from your sin nature. Uh, but, but you know what I'm talking about. And those things that God puts in your heart. John chapter 14, verse 14 says, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. And that you're going to do greater works than I'm doing. And I remember when Pam and I were out there at Victory Christian Center, and one day I was sitting in my office praying, and I was just working at, at, as an intern student, I think, at Victory Bible Institute or something. That, that, you know, the doors were starting to open, but I didn't understand how God could use me. How many of you have things in you that you know God, you feel like somebody's putting them inside you for you to do, but you just can't put your, wrap your mind around it. Can I see your hands? In other words, I, I know it's not what I'm doing now. I know there's more for me to do out there. And at this particular time, uh, I, I was just praying in the spirit and just doing some paperwork. And, and I heard, uh, you need to video Victory Bible Institute in Tulsa, and you need to start a full-time night school and you need to distribute it around the world, and you need to uh, start to translate Pastor Doherty's classes. It's like, well, who am I? Everybody say, who am I? Yeah. You know, when Gideon, uh, when the angel of the Lord showed up for Gideon in Judges chapter 6, and, and, and God began to show him through the angel of the Lord what he would do, and Gideon said, who am I? I'm the least in my household. I, I, I am really nobody. It wasn't based on Gideon. It was based on who God is. Let's all say, our covenant, our covenant. is based on who God is. God. And that we have everything, think about this now. We have everything that God had is ours, and everything that he had is his. Who made out on this deal? <laughs> Let's all say I am Smokey and the Bandit. I made out. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you made out on this deal. 
You got everything that God had. And I remember when I heard that, and there was an associate pastor there who's directing the whole outreach of, of the Bible school at the time. And, and I said, you know, I don't know if this is God or not, but this is what I heard in my spirit. And I told him, he came back to me uh, after meeting with the pastor, and he said, they like the idea, do it. I said, do it? What do you mean, do it? And I said, run with it. If God gave it to you, he'll show you how to do it. And I said, I don't know how to do it. And he said, God will take care of it. Back then, I didn't understand. When I would hear something, I would think, you know, God, how am I going to pay for what you want me to do? How am I going to do what you want me to do? I, I, there was a disconnect with me in realizing if God was showing me to do something, God will show me how to do it, and God will pay for it. So let's all say, God will show me. God will give me direction. And God will pay for it. So therefore, when you have that type of a spiritual leading in you, it changes your perspective. And I thought, well, okay, I'll go ahead and do that. I don't know how to do it. So I asked some guy, I said, I, I don't even know how to operate cameras. I, you know, I don't even know about cameras. I don't know anything. That, this was back in 1983, I think, honey, 84, something like that. So I went out and asked somebody. One of the students said, hey, so-and-so owns a camera shop down the street. Why don't you call him? I called this guy up. He came down. He gave me the whole plan on what needed to be done. I said, well, okay, how much is it going to cost? told me. I told the pastor. The pastor said, go ahead and do it. We went ahead and do it. Woo, so far, so good. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, so far, so good. We could do it. So then we got into translating. This just amazed me. How God will orchestrate your steps. We got into translating uh, Pastor Doherty. We're going to do him first and distribute it to all the missionaries around the world. And I said, well, who are we going to get? What kind of language? Well, Spanish is the most dominant language, so we use Spanish. That, that'll be fine. Walk out the door, and I don't know exactly the scenario of the time frame, but this guy is there, and I realize that he is Spanish, but I'm not sure he's from. Omar Cabrera. His dad pastors the largest church in South America, in Argentina. Pastors the largest church fluent in Spanish. He said, you want me to translate all of them? I'll do them all for you. In about the sake of 24, 48, 72 hours, it was all done. And I'm thinking, wow, God, you are really awesome. And I remember one time saying this, God, you are awesome. And this is what I heard in my spirit. I know. <laughs> I, everybody say, I know. God knows he's awesome. He wants us to know it so we can do whatever he's called us to do. And that's why it, you're never too young, you're never too old. I was with somebody uh, just the other day, and, and uh, they corrected me on my age and uh, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> but th this, this was me just the other day. I, I was thinking about, uh, I was, well, I know, I was watching a, it was a commercial on television. And it's about retirement and how you need to really start early. And I thought, well, probably not a good message for me to be listening to. <laughs> but I was, I was watching as I was retiring, and I thought, well, that would be nice to heard 30, 40 years ago, but I don't know how it's going to apply today. And then I got to thinking about some things that I shouldn't be thinking about. Can I see the hands of all the people that sometimes you think about things you should not be thinking about? Thank you. How many of you are lying and you're not putting your hands... <laughs> And I, and I was thinking about this. And instantly in my spirit, this is what I heard. Haven't I always taken care of you? And I, said, I got choked up real good. I said, God, you've, you've done a wonderful job of taking care of me. I said, why would I stop now that you're getting older? 
well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You would continue to take care of me. And see, he'll continue to take care of all of us if we just understand that. And, and this, we were having lunch with Deborah Avgerinas and Bonnie Beadle yesterday. They were up for the day, and they helped us start this church. And I was sharing with them at lunch. Uh, this, this, these words came to me one day I was praying, uh, and, and it was just in my spirit. I can believe for whatever God can afford. So let's all say it. I can believe, I can believe for, whatever God can afford. for whatever God can afford. You think God can afford anything? Yes. So do I. So therefore, whatever we believe God can afford, God can take care of it. So we're sitting there at this table talking, and I shared that with those girl, the girls. I said, I just, I, I, I can believe for whatever God can afford. And Bonnie Beale immediately said, God can afford whatever you can believe. And I said, oh, Bonnie, that's good. I'm going to give you the credit the first couple of times I say it. <laughs> then after that, I, it'll be, I heard somewhere. And then after that, it'll be, I've always said. <laughs> I can believe, I can believe for whatever God can afford, and God can afford anything. Yeah. You know, in Matthew uh, chapter 6, 25, it's uh, Jesus, it's talking about how we should worry about nothing. Never, ever worry. I was taking Pam's mother, uh, she is the sweetest lady, 96 years old, and as you get older and her hearing, if any of you know about anybody that can fix hearing, let me know. Let the girls know. They, they've, they've got a place that says they, they can do no more for her. I, I just find that hard to believe. I just find it hard to believe. I always, I just, I, I don't know if I'm stubborn or what, but, but when people say nothing more can be done, it's like, I don't believe that. I just don't believe that. But, but, but because of her hearing and other things, she becomes much more worried and She's in the car with me going to the beauty shop. She goes to the beauty shop every week. Glory to God to get her hair done. I tell you what, you women are something else. <laughs> 96 years old and she got to go to the beauty shop. Snow, hail, wind, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're going to the beauty shop and get my hair done. Isn't that right, Phyllis? <laughs> you all got to help me because I have this thing I want to show some. Well, no, that's, then I give it away. I can't. Okay, we'll think about it later. But anyway, Phyllis is always there when we get there. And, and, and Phyllis, she really looks interesting when I get there. <laughs> They've got that hair like, I don't know what they do with you girls, but they pull it all out and it sticks out like, like it, what it looks like is your tongue went into a socket. And your hair just went like that. <laughs> I know Phyllis is always excited to see me when she's in that pose. But... <laughs> but but anyway, we're talking about worrying. I said, you know, Lou, the Bible says that we should worry about nothing. And she says, really? And said, yes. Now, she knows that. I mean, I know Lou knows the Bible. But as you get older, you, you have a tendency to forget some things. You need to be reminded. And I said, the Bible said we should never worry about anything. She said, well, I do. I said, well, yes, I, I know you do. She said, when I worry, I shake. Why do I shake? And I said, well, I, I think you just said it. When you worry, you shake, and so therefore, you know, it's kind of like Jerry Lee Lewis, a whole lot of shaking going on. Well, it went over her head, and then I sang the song to her, and it still went over her head. But it's like, if you'll stop worrying, you'll stop shaking. 
She says, well, how do I do that? I say, you just think about the Word of God. What you download and live is going to sustain you in your covenant. But if you don't live and download what you have, you know, my car is a beautiful car, and it does unbelievable things. I still don't know all the stuff my car does because I've never taken the time to really read this book. I read the other day the statistics on the people now, young people, that are into modern technology versus the things of God. It is astounding. It is astounding. The Word of God is not getting downloaded. Atmosphere and excitement and all of those things are drawing people, but the Word of God is not getting downloaded. The covenant is based on the Word of God. If the Word of God is not downloaded, into our young people. Faith will not be activated because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, by the Word of God. What does the Word of God say? Well, I don't want to do that. You'll never make it in this world without downloading the Word of God. You can do anything that God has called you to do. And Jesus goes on to say, you know, seek first the kingdom of God. Don't be concerned about clothing. Don't be concerned about what you're going to wear. Don't be concerned about the food. Don't be concerned about anything. Seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness and all of these things that you have need of will be taken care of. They'll come upon you and they'll overtake you when you're living the word of God and realizing, even though it sounds like kind of a slang statement, we are on an assignment from God. The only question is whether or not we're going to complete our assignment. I, let's just say, I am on an assignment from God. And it will be beyond what you can do in your natural abilities. It will be beyond your financial ability. It will be beyond anything that you can hope for or imagine that you yourself can do. But because of your covenant with God, you can do it because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So therefore, every moment of every day, when you're up against something, you think, God, how's this going to work? It's the same way it's always worked. I can make it. I can do all things. My God will supply all of my needs because he knows where I am, and he's in covenant with me, and I am in covenant with him. When we look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it tells us it, it's Paul. Paul has been through so much. And Paul has written two-thirds of the Bible. Some of it he, he, he wrote from a prison. And, and, and he's writing this. And he says, be anxious. I shared this Wednesday night. Be anxious for what? Nothing. Be anxious for? Nothing. Our covenant is based on us not being anxious upon anything. And so, well, how can you not be anxious? Because the Word of God says so, and we are doing everything that we can to live the Word of God. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, probably one of the most powerful scriptures in the entire Word of God. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What did God say? Don't be anxious. Anxious anxiety is a distraction. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, through prayer and supplication. Everybody say supplication. How many of you have used the word supplication lately? I've been a supplicating here. and I, No, you, know, you haven't. You, you, you're just like me. You, don't even know, you know, I mean, some of you, some of you may be into it and, and may know what it means. I didn't particularly know what it meant. And uh, remind me of a politician. 
There's a whole lot of something going on. So I, I can't think of the joke now. By the way, vote. Everybody vote. You need to vote. If you don't vote, you don't, you're not being a good Christian citizen. If you want to know how to vote, just tell, come see me and I'll tell you how to vote. Now, now this is what we just read. <laughs> I'm going to stop right there. I'm not going to say what I was thinking. I don't think. It's going on. I can feel it. Vote for the Bible. If, if you know the Word of God, it's a no-brainer. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a no-brainer. If you know the Word of God, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Uh, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Supplication is more than petitioning, but it suggests an intensity of earnestness in extended prayer. Not to gain merit by words, but to fully, listen to this, but to fully transfer the burden of one's soul into the hands of God. Prayer and peace are closely connected. One who entrusts cares to Christ instead of fretting over them will experience the peace of God to guard him from nagging anxiety. Supplication. I've given this to God. I'm not going to be concerned about this any longer. And then it says, when you do that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and will guard your mind. So in other words, there, there will be no anxiety. And then because of the covenant that we have, Paul goes on and tells us how to think. And he says, finally, my brethren, you should meditate on these things, things that are true. Things that are noble, things that are just, things that are pure, things that are lovely, things that have a good report. I was thinking about this, and it says then there's, uh, and things that are praiseworthy. These are the things to meditate on. And I was thinking about Stanley is, is, is making a list while he's in the Sudan of what the uh, uh, Dreamland Children's Home uh, needs. And I was thinking about Carol and Bill and bringing the need to us about these girls. It's $900. And then it's time for the Christmas presents for all the children in the Sudan. That's about $50, uh, $40 a child. So that's uh, 130 children. You can do the math. We're up to 5,000, 6,000. And uh, all of a sudden, I can feel it kind of getting on me. And then, then in addition to that, we've got people in our own church. Got to take care of, too. So we can do it all simultaneously. So that might be another thousand or two thousand, six, seven thousand, maybe eight thousand, maybe nine thousand dollars. And uh, then there's a couple other things. And then Stanley's uh, pick list uh, is going to come back and says, hey, you know, I could only imagine, uh, but, uh, but, but uh, you know, there's, uh, we need 130, de 120 desks, and we need uh, uh, all the uh, bed sheeting was gone, and all of this is gone, and you know, that could be twenty, thirty thousand dollars. And so, all of a sudden, I'm thinking about all these numbers, and I'm thinking things that aren't necessarily what I just read to you. 
in not thinking my God's got a lot of money and he's going to take care of all this. I'm trying to figure out how we're going to do all of it at the same time at Christmas time in addition to that. And all of a sudden, I hear this again. The word of God says, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. And this is what I feel like the Lord said. You're not my source. The church is not my source. And people are not my source. Listen to this. I am my source. Will he use us? Oh, yes, definitely. But he will get the job done with or without you. But the blessing of God is going to come for those who enter into a covenant with him and say, God, what is my part to play in this? It might be $10. It might be $100. It might be $1,000. We had one guy who doesn't even go to this church. What did he do, honey? He sent, he sent $13,000 the first time. Pam's getting ready to go to Mexico. Some of you heard this story. I'll try to make it real quick. Pam's getting ready to go to Mexico. We had a video that I was sending out with anybody, any, any place going. And I said, honey, uh, would you take this video with you on the Sudan? She's down there in Oaxaca, Mexico, having lunch with a, a group of people. And a guy starts talking about the Sudan at the table. And she says, our church is involved in the Sudan. I said, well, I'd like to know more about it. Well, I just happen to have a CD. Long story short, we had a $13,000 check in the mail. We needed right at that that moment for the Sudan. And since then, he has really helped us out. They have helped us out. Very wealthy oil people that God brought across our path supernaturally. If you want to live in the supernatural, this is deep teaching today. Turn to your neighbor and say, take notes. If you want to live in the realm of the supernatural, you got to get out of the natural. You can handle the natural. In the supernatural, you can't handle it without God. You've got to have God. And if God is on your side, and by covenant he is, then we're going to make it. Like Abraham Lincoln said when they said, you think God's on our side during the Civil War? He said, that's not the important question. The important question is, am I on God's side? Now, are you having fun so far today? Yes. Can I see all the hands if you're having fun? Good. Because now I'm going to stomp on your toes. <laughs> I thought about doing this earlier and leaving you with something. But, but if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have a covenant relationship. He expects things out of you. He expects you to trust him. He expects you to have trust, uh, faith in him. Hebrews 11.6 says you can't please God without having faith. Faith pleases God. It has been my experience in almost every church that I've read about and in the body of Christ is that when it comes to, are you ready for this now? Turn to your neighbor and say, I just love this guy. When it comes to tithing, entering into a tithe covenant with God, giving God 10% of all of your income is based on trust. It's based on faith and it's based on trust. When I became a tither, well, first of all, when I, when I was saved, I tithed when I could afford it. And when I didn't think I could afford it, I didn't tithe. And then one day, I was really hurting, struggling. We didn't have enough money for groceries. Found a check in the checkbook that we had that hadn't turned into the church. It was an old check for accumulation of something, $100. 
And, and I thought, I, I need to hold this check. I need to hold this check back. It wasn't the church. It wasn't the money the church needed. We don't need anybody's money. God's money is coming through people to us, but it's coming from God. God is our source. But, but uh, in this particular case, I had this $100 check, and, and I didn't want to deposit it. And just to make a just time's sake, I just skipped the part about you and I, but you were, on, you were right and I was wrong. And, uh, <laughs> Not much has changed over the years either. <laughs> Uh, but, but anyway, I put the check in, and I, I went back to my desk, and I sat down, and I started crying. And I was just an intern at the time, making very little money, I think minimum wage. And I said, God, I don't know how this works. I said, I, I know it's right, but I don't know how it works. All I know is I have 10% less than I had when I tithe, and it just doesn't make any sense. I said, God, you're going to have to show me this is real. And I started crying. The Word of God in Malachi 3, 8 through 10 says, Test me or prove me. Put me to the test to see if I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour it a blessing upon you, you'll not have room enough to contain. I can stand before you and my wife can stand before you and say that there are times now when we hear about people's needs. We have great abundance. We are blessed. There was a time we didn't have it. And a lot of it was because of me and because I was not a faithful tither. And uh, so I, I just cried and, you know, there's about, I think about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning and I turned the check in. And one of the VBI teachers came in, June Austin. I'll never forget it as long as I live. She walked into my office. She handed me $100. She said, God spoke to me today and said, bring you this $100. You will know exactly what it means. The $100 I thought I had, had to have, that I wanted to hold on to, I let go of. And it came right back. But a lot more than that came back. Yes. But at that particular moment, God gave me that $100. And he was saying, Bill, I see your heart. And you're going to have to change your attitude because it does work. And I can't tell you how many people that we have ministered to in our benevolence area and other areas, and I believe the root problem is they do not trust God in that area of their life. They are not tithing faithfully because they feel like they will be diminished if they do it, and instead, it's the key to open the window of heaven. It's the key to open the supernatural. It's the key to have things come upon you and overtake you. Say, God, only God could have done that. Because God loves us, and because he gave us a free will, he'll let you keep keeping it. He'll let you eat your tithe. He'll let you take care of your finances. And if you're happy with your finances and the way they're going, I guess keep doing it. But for me and my house, I know this. I want to live in the supernatural. And 10% of everything that comes in goes out the door to God. I know many of you in this church are tithers, but I also know that many of you are not. I love all of you, but I know this. I know this. The covenant is not working for people that are not tithing because they're not trusting God. And if you trust God and do it, all of the blessings of God will come upon you and overtake you. I know it. Now, before I got involved with tithing, 
it was really upbeat in here. Now it's going <laughs> way down. It's okay. We're going to bring it back up again. Right. Because 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 and 58 says this. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord and Jesus, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Let's all stand and let's all say, I am steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And then the last sentence says, knowing that, do we have it? Knowing that your knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Your labor is not in vain. I want to pray for you. If you don't know Jesus, you need to get your act together and know him right away. Because you don't know how many days you're going to live. So bow your heads with me and let's pray. Father, I pray for every person here today. If there's one person that does not know you or is like a prodigal son, a prodigal child, they've walked away from you, I pray that today will be their day to come home. If I've described you, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air. Just lifting it up there saying, you described me, Pastor. I know my life is not right. Come on down here. Give them a hand as they come. Right over here. Yeah, give them a hand as they come down here. Anybody else? Maybe I missed your hand. Right here in this middle section. Yeah, keep giving them a hand as they come. We are glad you are here today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know what? I think we can give a bigger hand than that because the angels in heaven are rejoicing. Let's all pray this prayer. And if you're not currently members of our church, when, when's the di din dinner? Next Sunday. Next Sunday, what 11.30 time? in Blaze. 5.30? 11.30. 11.30. 11.30 in Blaze. They don't keep me informed. 11.30 in Blaze. Steak, eggs, ham. Well, we're not sure about that. Stretch your hands up. This is a day of new beginnings for all three of you. God has an awesome, wonderful plan for your life. He'll turn all of those that challenges around that you've been through. I'm going to speak this word over you, and then we're going to pray. It's Romans 8, 28. God will use all things for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. And that today, your life is going to be changed we're all going to pray this prayer as you pray this prayer. We're going to pray it and join you. So let's pray together. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. And I believe that you died for my sins. I've sinned. I've made mistakes. But today I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart. Take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you and to be all that you've called me We thank you for that. Is this your first time in our church? No, I didn't. You've been here before. Okay. I'm glad you're here. You're among friends. Stay right where you are because some people are going to talk to you. Okay? So don't ever Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I believe one of the biggest tools the enemy uses 
is worry and anxiety. It is a spiritual demonic attack that tries to make people think that this is just the way I am. I've always been like that. I was raised with a mother who worried about everything. I love my mom. She worried about everything. My dad, he didn't worry about anything. Glory to God. He didn't worry about anything. But if you're here and you would say, Pastor, I know that I have a stronghold in my life of worry. We're going to pray for you. Oh, and don't leave here knowing that you do have it. There are believers standing all around you. I'm going to pray for you right now. But if you do, if you are a person, you say, I, I know worry has a place in my life and I don't want it anymore. Please lift your hands. Don't leave here. Yeah, real high, real high. Now, believers, look around you at all these hands that are lifted. Don't leave anybody out back here in this section. Over here, right behind you, Kelly. Over here in this section. Several in the section to your right. All here in the middle section. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we bind worry. We bind anxiety. And in the name of Jesus, I thank you for faith to arise. I thank you for hope to arise. Hope never disappoints. You've told us how dangerous worry and anxiety are. And in Jesus' name, we command worry out. We command anxiety out. In Jesus' name. Now, before we leave, I want all of you, especially those of you that worry and become anxious, but you know this. It is impossible to be meditating the Word of God and the promises of God and worry at the same time. It is impossible to be anxious while speaking forth, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am the head, not the tail. I'm blessed coming and going. I know that my God's blessings are coming upon me and overtaking me. I know this is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice. You cannot worry and be anxious in that type of a vein. So get the word of God. Forget about your TV set for a while. Get the Word of God. Get praise tapes and download all of that. 